Welcome to the Goshen News Sports Podcast. I'm sports editor Greg Kime, and with me is sports reporter Austin Huff. Austin, we're back for our second week. Oh, my god! We didn't get canceled Dude, after the first week. You took my joke. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, Sheila didn't cancel us. We actually, yeah, people actually texted me saying it was good. I was stunned. You know, one of the nicest things I heard about it, and I took this as a compliment, somebody told me they felt like they were sitting there at a table with us just carrying on a conversation. Yeah, and I think that's that's good. I think it's what we want this to sound like. We want this to be like. I mean, this is a lot of the conversations we have at our desks anyway, talking about sports and, and yeah. life and, and things like that. So, I yeah, good first week. Hopefully uh, the podcasting gods are on our side again this week and we'll uh, – you know, carry it on. So, yeah, yeah. and I, I know we um, we obviously wanted to hit on something national to start the show because it's been the biggest news, uh, not just in sports, but in the world, I would say, the last 48 hours is right. uh, the death of Kobe Bryant, obviously, uh, in the helicopter crash in California. Nine total people on the plane, helicopter, excuse me, uh, died, uh, including his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. Uh yeah, I and I was talk. We were talking about this before the show. Just something about that's a moment for me where I'll, I'll always remember where I was when I heard the news. You know, I was watching Maryland and Indiana basketball, enjoying my Sunday, and mm-hmm. uh, when someone texted me, "Kobe dead." That's all they said, "Kobe dead," and I'm like, "What? What, what is going on?" And I just, uh, it was shocking. So, well, I, I was in here putting out Monday's paper, mm-hmm. and of course, then the bulletin came over the AP wire. And I'm thinking, Kobe Bryant dead. Yeah, Kobe Bryant being, uh, it, it was so shocking just because we had just seen on Saturday night, too, LeBron James pass Kobe Bryant for the third all-time scoring list in NBA history. Yes. And so Kobe was kind of fresh in our minds. And, you know, he sent out the tweet Saturday night congratulating LeBron on passing him in the record. That it was very fitting that LeBron did it in Philadelphia, which is Kobe's hometown originally. Um it just, it was like on this awesome kind of feel-good sports moment that we had Saturday night with LeBron and Kobe and the tweets and everything, and then, yeah. and then it turned very quickly. Yeah, like 12, 14 hours later, he's in a helicopter. It was one of those things I couldn't, I couldn't turn off the news. You couldn't turn like it was really hard to turn it off because you were just like you, you were almost wanted someone to say it wasn't real. Right. You know, you were, we were sitting there just being like, wait. This isn't real, right? Like someone say this is not real. Like I'm, I was waiting for something, mm-hmm. and then it got confirmed by multiple media outlets, and it was it was real. I mean, it was real, and um, you know, obviously, uh, Kobe for my for my generation, not to pull out the young card of twenty being twenty five, but he's he. I didn't ever, I never really got to experience Jordan, Michael Jordan, a ton. Uh, you I, missed a ton. I missed a ton. Uh, I was two, three, and four years old when they won the second three-peat in Chicago. So to say I don't remember that is another statement. Um, I mostly remember Michael Jordan as a wizard. So it's not, you know, let's not go there, though. Yeah. Uh, but Kobe Bryant was always kind of seen as the closest thing to Michael Jordan uh, since Michael Jordan. And then obviously LeBron James has kind of taken that mantle of best since uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, and Kobe just meant so much. I and mean, you saw it, everyone, all the emotion, uh, the tributes pouring in, the stories told. Um, it was a shell-shocking day. Uh, you know, I know I had a lot of friends getting emotional. Uh, some cried, you know, posting on Facebook that they were in tears. 
about it. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was just a crazy, crazy, surreal, like out of body experience almost type day on Sunday. Well, I just, I just heard today that the Lakers and the Clippers have postponed their game for tonight. They were supposed mm-hmm. to play to a later date because they were playing in the Staples Center out there in L.A., which has been tagged the house that Kobe built. <laughs> yeah, and I was so. I was surprised that they played games on Sunday. Uh, there had been rumors that they were going to cancel the games on Sunday after Kobe's death, and they, they played them, and they played every, everyone played yesterday too, and you saw every everywhere they did the tributes, right? One team took an eight-second uh, backcourt violation. The other <laughs> team took a 24-second shot clock violation right. to honor Kobe. That's probably the best thing you can say about him as a player is when somebody ta- intentionally takes a 24-second shot clock violation. Mm-hmm. And what I mean, it was it was definitely intentional because the one I saw in the clip, the, the guy was just standing out by the midcourt stripe right. holding the basketball. Right. I mean, kudos to anyone that played in the last 48 hours in the NBA. I know a lot of those guys, you know, Played with him, obviously, or grew up watching him. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, he was a guy, you know, whether you loved him or not, he was, you know, his own guy. And he was like, and he's iconic. I mean, he's one of the greatest scorers of all time. The Mamba mentality, you know, every every kid, every person rolls up a ball of paper and shoots it into the garbage can. They yell Kobe, you know, and they do the little jump shot hand thing. And it's yeah. it's like he, he, that was him. That was Kobe. Like, that was what it was. And uh, to think that, you know, 41 years old, just so young, and his daughter, you know, 13. Like, that's, you know, that's what's going to stick out to me the most. It's just, like, how young everyone was on that the helicopter. And, and the thing is, she was almost being groomed to be the next Kobe. Yeah. Yeah. She I mean, was, somebody actually asked her, or asked Kobe about his legacy. Who's going to carry on your legacy? And he, put, and he pointed his 13-year-old daughter, daughter, Gianna, and said, she's already doing it. Yeah, and there was like that clip that went viral over the weekend of him coaching his daughter at a game. Like they were sitting courtside, he's showing her different things, and that's what they were going. I mean, they were going to a, a tournament. They were going to a tournament in his at his facility in uh, uh, California. That's where yeah. they were taking the helicopter to, and uh, yeah, just so tragic. And uh, you know, it really was uh, a sad day. It in, was in sports. So one of the things I question about the whole thing is why were they flying that helicopter in the first place? Yeah, I mean the the fog in the area was so bad that the local police departments had grounded all their helicopters because of the the weather conditions. Yeah, but yet they were out there still flying. And I and I know like going back to his Lakers days, like people talked about how he would fly. He would take his helicopter and do Laker games. He lives in Orange County, right? And he would take his helicopter because it was a thirty minute helicopter ride as opposed to a two hour drive to the Staples Center. And so, you know, he he always has been in helicopters. He flies all the time in them. And I, I guess, you know, they were trying to get to their tournament. Maybe they had to take a helicopter. They had planned to take a helicopter, I'm assuming, to the tournament. So maybe that affected their timing in the morning. They had to go. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to make it. But, yeah. you know, again, you know, there's there's a lot of questions. We don't know everything, obviously. No, right we don't. Now. We, can't, we don't want to speculate anything. So, um, but, yeah, just the whole the whole situation just was so sad. Um, I, and it's, it's it, yeah, it's hard to wrap your mind, like, Seeing old clips of him online and seeing interviews he's done, it's hard to like fathom that he he's dead. And, and I think I heard it. The best I heard it was on the radio. Someone said to the effect of, "It's gonna be. It's really 
weird that Kobe Bryant's going to go into the Hall of Fame posthumously. You know? Yes. You don't think about that a guy like him going in posthumously. They're going to put him in this year. Um, I read that this, you know, he, he still had to wait two more years to get into the Hall of Fame for eligibility, but they're going to forego that this year, and they're going to have him go in. Uh, I think the ceremony's in February or March. Yeah. Um, so he's going to go in this year, which rightfully so. And it's actually got like one of the best Hall of Fame classes ever. It's him and Kevin Garnett's going in, I think, too, and another another guy from the 90s is uh, escaping me right now. But it's a pretty big Hall of Fame class now mm-hmm. with Kobe Bryant in it, and I I, <laughs> I don't know who's going to give that speech um, to induct him, but it's it's going to be emotional. It's going to be a tearjerker. Must must see television probably. You're yeah. going to have to want to block out 20 minutes and a lot of tissues to to watch that one. Yeah. So, well, I have to say I'm. Not a big NBA fan anymore mm-hmm. of the uh, the the way the game is played and that. I'm more of a Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson era guy. Mm-hmm. And I, so Kobe was never one of my really really one of my favorite players. But at the same time, I had an awful lot of respect for him for the way he played the game, his feelings for the game. He knew the history of the sport. Mm-hmm. All those things. I kind of look at him like I did Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. You know, being a Bears fan, <laughs> I could never root for Brett Favre. Right. But at the same time, I respected him as a player because of the way he played the game. Right. And I think that's how a lot of people feel right now. Like, maybe you didn't like Kobe. You know, he, you know, he's selfish, right? Ball hawk, putting up a ton, ton of shots, right? But, like, at, you know, I think there's still a layer of respect, you know, for right. him. And, and, uh, and I think you've seen that on – social media in the last 42, 70, 48, 72 hours that, you know, hey, this is, you might not elect the guy, but you can't deny what he accomplished. No, you respect him for what he did. Um, he helped grow the game, you know, into what it's growing into now. Um, I think it's the second biggest sport in the country, I would say, behind football at this point. Uh, baseball, you could argue, but I think the NBA is, I think, officially yeah. past them. So, well, I, th- I think the other thing Kobe did was too was to help grow the game internationally. Yeah, I mean, the N- the NBA is much more popular on an international basis because oh, yeah. of Kobe's time now. Yeah, and he, and he was obviously also on that uh, 2008 uh, redeemed team USA that they they didn't win the gold in 04 and they came back and won it in 08 with that superstar team with Kobe, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, those guys. So mm-hmm. uh, gold medalists, five time champ, all stars, scoring records, everything. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was uh, like I like I said before, just a very surreal day Sunday. Um, sitting on the couch, just retweeting, refreshing Twitter every ten seconds because I was like, I don't want to believe this. Like someone tell me no, like this is not real, and, uh, and then it became all too real. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully we can um, move on to something else that happened on Sunday uh, locally. Helped helped me get away from the news a little bit. We had the. Girls basketball pairings? Yeah, girls basketball sectional pairings came out. I know we hit on the matchups a little bit last week, um, but now we know the brackets. Greg, what was kind of maybe your first right. observation? The One of the first things I looked at when I saw the 4A bracket down at Warsaw was the fact that Northridge and Penn drew each other in, the, in a first round, first game. Yeah. Which goes back to what I said last week. That's the thing I like about the blind draw. I mean, you never know. Mm-hmm. Northridge, if they want to win that sectional, they've got to beat Penn sometime. So, does it matter if it's in the first game or if it's in the championship game? Right. And I, I saw that, too, and I was like, man, that's tough because Northridge played Penn earlier this year. Penn beat them. 
So right. Northridge, at least, you know, I, I, you can't really discredit anyone, you know, in the tournament. But um, I saw that 4A bracket, too. I was really excited to see the two Elkarts playing each other as well. That was the other ironic <laughs> thing, yeah. The, right. Their final year of girls' basketball before mm-hmm. the two schools merge together and they draw each other in the tournament. Right. I, I, that makes you question, is it truly a blind draw? I mean, come on. There's got to be some conspiracy theory out no, there, right? No, 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 no. Come on. Uh, obviously, Central is pretty solid this year. Memorial is not as good. So that shouldn't be much of a game necessarily, but it will be cool to see Central Memorial. I hope there's a big crowd for that. I know it's all the way down at Warsaw. It's a long drive from Elkhart. Yeah. But I hope there's a big crowd there for that. And I believe that's the only game on Tuesday night. It is the only game that Tuesday night. And then the Wednesday will be Concord, Goshen, and Penn Northridge. Warsaw gets the bye. They play the Elkhart winner. The Elkhart's winner. Yeah. Not one Elkhart yet. That'll be next year. Um, Yeah. This bracket sets up probably for Penn, Penn Warsaw, uh, Penn Central, one of those yeah. matchups. Well, I um, mean, you, you got to consider Penn the favorite. I mean, they're right. twenty-one and two after all. Right, they're ranked like sixth in the state, regardless yeah. of class. So they're they're a heavy favorite. But I, I mean, you never know. Concord and Goshen both had pretty solid seasons. I know Go- Goshen's kind of been struggling a little bit. Lately, um, down the stretch, he lost to Northwood on Saturday night. Yes. Uh, and what was that stat line? Uh, two points, five points, two points in the first three quarters? In the first three quarters, yeah, yeah. for Goshen. It's not going to get it done. <laughs> I mean, and the thing that was amazing about me to that was it's the fact the, in Northwood in their last two games, they'd given up a total of 98 points. Yeah. In two ball games. Yeah. Then they go out and hold Goshen to 19. They were motivated, I guess. They were. They must have been just determined to get. And, like, you know, obviously Northwood was playing for the outright conference title, so I'm sure the energy right. was up for them. Oh, yeah. Adam and, said the girls did not want to share that title. Right. Right. So, and kudos to them winning the conference. Um, yeah. You know, they're obviously playing really well right now. And kudos to them, too, on the fact that this one was, I found, really hard to believe. Adam told me that that's the first time a Northwood girls basketball team has won 20 games in the regular season. Really? They didn't, but didn't that, not 1999, they won a state championship. They won 25 games that year, oh, but I yeah. think both, you know. You win six of them. I think at that time you could only play like 19 really? games or something like that. Wow. That's impressive. That's crazy. Right. That's crazy to think about because that is a good program. It's traditionally been strong, and we talked about that a little bit last week. And obviously a state championship, multiple sectionals, regionals, you know. So that's pretty crazy to think that's their first 21 regular season. So speaking of Northwood, we can go to their uh, sectional sectional 20. They get to open with uh, Tippecanoe Valley in the first round. Wallasee and Central Noble is the other first-round game. Uh, Lakeland and West Noble get buys. Um, when this bracket came out, I thought this was pretty balanced, you know, for the most part. Um, I didn't, I didn't see anything egregious necessarily. No conspiracy. No theories, conspiracy uh, theories on this one. Uh, last one maybe, um, but you know, I, you know, Wawasi picked up a nice win over Plymouth uh, this past weekend in girls basketball to to not get shut out at least in NLC play. So right. uh, Central Noble is a little bit dif- different animal. Um, you know, obviously a lot of two A success, so you can never discount them. I think here, but um, I would be surprised if Northwood doesn't win uh, this sectional. And we talked about that a little bit last week. Northwood beat Tippecanoe Valley uh, by 26 a couple weeks ago. Uh, West Noble plays good defense. They've had an up, up and down season. They show flashes of like maybe they're going to put it together, but they're very young. They're going to yeah. pretty much everyone coming back next year. 
Um, so they, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't think they're going to have any trouble there. Lakeland, you know, we talked about it last week. They could shoot the ball like crazy. If they get hot, you know, who knows? They're hosting the sectional too. So, you know, they only got to win two games instead of three. Mm-hmm. Like, but, yeah, Northwood, I think Ruley and Payne down low for them are just too much. They're going to be yeah. able to get through, I think. And, and their, ver- yeah. their version of the Twin Towers are are pretty tough to handle. When you get a girl that's 6'1 and a 6-footer in high school basketball. Yeah. And both of them can play the low post. Mm-hmm. And Payne, and both of them can really jump out, you know, jump out right. and shoot the 14- uh, to 15-foot jump shot, too. Right. They're not just tall tall people. Like, they're right. skilled tall people, which really helps, so... I think, I mean, like you said, you never know what could happen, but I, I, I think Northwood will win there. Um, we had the 2A bracket come out, too, uh, at Fairfield. Uh, Prairie Heights and Fairfield in the first game. and the So the host team will have to win three, which is uh, interesting. Oh, here we go. Conspiracy again. Oh, no, you know what? I was texting. Uh, well, when we get to the 1A bracket, uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but I was texting someone from uh, Bethany Christian, and he was saying that, it's uh, Beth Black, Blackhawk Christians playing in the first game because the IHSA wants uh, three people to pay three times because it's at Blackhawk Christian. They want Blackhawk Christian to have to pay three pay three times to get into the gates and make more money. So that's conspiracy theory right there. But if you buy a ten dollars season pass, you don't, you only have to pay the ten dollars. Yeah, You're just, not going to have I'm, to pay the I'm, three. I'm just saying people might have to buy you know three tickets. So I'm just going to put it out there. I mean. Yeah. That's what they want, and they want that with Fairfield, apparently, too, the IHSA. So, uh, Fairfield, Prairie Heights, I think they're going to play on Tuesday. Uh, I believe that's when they're going to open. Yes. Winner gets Bremen, uh, who's the other pretty solid team in this bracket. LaVille and Westview are up top. Um, Bremen and Fairfield will be a fun fun game, I think. Uh, if Fairfield gets past Prairie Heights, I think they will. Uh, the Falcons, I, I got to see them on Friday night against Westview. And they, they, they struggled a little bit in the first half. Westview came out and played a great first half. Uh, but Fairfield rallied the troops. Uh, they got Brooke Sanchez, who was a starter for them last year as a freshman. She's coming off the bench now as a sophomore, mm-hmm. and she's playing really well right now for them. She had uh, 13 points again last night against Bethany – Monday night against Bethany Christian. So, like, they're, they're kind of peaking right now at the right time, and – I kind of asked Brody Garber about that, too, and he was like, yeah, we're playing well right now, but we have to make sure to focus on every game as its own individual game. You know, don't look at the big picture type deal stuff. Right. So, uh, Play I, them one at a time. One right, right. Favorite um, coaches. Uh, <laughs> right. Tr- stick to the process, right? Yeah. Trust the process, things like that. So I think uh, Fairfield could, uh, yeah, I mean – it's there. It's definitely there for the taking. You know, it is. It's a tough path to get to the final, but if they make it to the final, I think they won't have much trouble in the championship yeah. game. And like you said, they'll have the advantage of playing at home. Right. And it's always nice to play on your home floor. Right. And like some of those schools are coming from farther away too. You know, Bremen's not a quick drive. Prairie Heights isn't a quick drive to Fairfield, like relatively. But you don't think Brushy Prairie is a quick drive? No, no, believe it or not. <laughs> Westview Westview is kind of close, but, the, you know, yeah. that's, that's about the only one. So, uh, I think the bracket is nice for Fairfield. Uh, a little tough, but if they get past those first two, I think whoever they get in the championship, either LaVille or Westview, that's a pretty winnable game. Um, so, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think they're – I don't know. I, I like that team. I don't know why. I, it just They just have a – Oh, give me a vibe. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm, I'm feeling a vibe. They're, they might win that. Maybe they win a regional game. I don't know. We'll see. That's, so, 
That's what we will do. <laughs> we can't wait really to do anything else, can no. we? No. So, and as the, yep. and now back to the uh, previously mentioned Class A Sectional 51 at Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian. To make more money, Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian gets the home game to start against Bethany Christian. Uh, Elkhart Christian and Lakewood Park Christian on the top half of that bracket. Fremont will play the winner of Blackhawk and Bethany. Um, yeah, I don't know if this was uh, worst case scenario for Bethany, but it's not the best case scenario for Bethany either. So I have I have looked at Blackhawk's record this year, but I'm sure it's probably pretty good. They're traditionally mm-hmm. one of the stronger yeah looking at one eight schools uh, in this part of the state. I was able to check out the uh, San Sangran rank rating Sagran Sagran Sagran. Yeah, I've never actually known how to pronounce that word. Now we do Sagran. Um, them and, and Fremont are kind of like the top two teams in that sectional, and then everyone else is kind of, you know, Elkhart, Lakewood, and, and Bethany are kind of just not as strong. So not to debunk your theory about people spending more money, but the easy way to get around that is just buy a season pass. I mean, you can buy a season pass for any of the sectionals for $10. And like down at Warsaw, that lets you into six girls' basketball games. Mm-hmm. That's a bargain. You can see six basketball games for 10 bucks. Yeah. Don't, it doesn't get any better hey, than that. Don't poke any holes in the logic, okay? <laughs> don't do that to me, okay? Let the IHSA make their money, man. Come on. I, I happen to think your your logic is like Swiss cheese. It's not my logic. It was my the source logic, okay? I'm not going to vet him out on here, but he knows who he is. He's listening. I don't so. feel like I know who it is, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, well, that was kind of a look down at the basketball. Mm-hmm. That starts on Tuesday. Uh, very exciting. Next Tuesday, so we'll have to do a podcast. I believe it's the 45th annual state tournament. Yeah, somewhere around there. I, I haven't been keeping track. You might, you probably know better than, than I do. I, think, I so. believe the first year was 1976. Wow, that's crazy to think about. And I think the boys won in a couple of weeks. Is like, what, the 100th or something? Oh, it's 120th almost, yeah. 110th. It's over 110, I Something think, like yeah. that. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy to think about. But um, something that is not 110 is uh, the new Goshen High School volleyball coach. Um, last night, I got to talk to Melanie Meyer. She is a new coach for volleyball at Goshen. The fourth coach in fourth new coach in four seasons. Uh, Doug West, 2019. Mike Howard, 2018. Jude Barger, 2017. Or the last three head coaches. Uh, Melanie, as a Concord grad and uh, a Goshen College graduate. And uh, do you remember watching her at all at Concord or Goshen I do. College? Um, I also remember watching her at Goshen College. She's yeah. also a pretty good softball player, too. Yeah. How did how did she uh, did she stand out on the fields there? She did. Yeah. She was, in fact, I, I looked up a couple, couple things on her record at Goshen College. Mm-hmm. She's still sixth on the all-time kills list out there with yeah. 1,197. It's pretty good. And she's 10th in, in career blocks with 270. Wow. I, that's that's really impressive, and I, I looked up too something she said she was proud of, uh, stolen base record I think, and we're gonna hear from her actually in that this we have a quick little interview I did with her last night we're gonna mm-hmm. hear about that, um, so here is Melanie Meyer new Goshen volleyball head coach the unofficial first pseudo guest, not really a guest but we're gonna call her a guest in uh, Goshen New Sports Podcast history so here she is Melanie Meyer, we are joined by Melanie Meyer uh, new Goshen high school volleyball head coach. Melanie, how does that sound? It's exciting. Um, Goshen is, I mean, I went to Goshen College, but 
here in Goshen High School is not something that I ever thought would be in my future, being a Concord grad. Um, wearing red was hard the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there probably were a lot of emotions right that. Yeah, um, I remember my first day of work, Larry was like, you look really good in red. And it just sounded very strange because, I mean, in high school, it was everything was green and every played everybody that was red and I hated red. And then in college we were purple and Iowa and Grace are red and you hated red and then now I'm wearing red. So. <laughs> Larry, you're obviously talking about Larry Kissinger, yeah. athletic director. Just wanted to clarify for yeah. the people at home. Uh, so, yeah, now that it's official, uh, what is, what is the emotion? You are now the head coach at Goshen. Um, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to start my own program and to kind of build up from where the program is right now and kind of take it down to the elementary levels and really build it into something big. Yeah, um, so you obviously played, like you mentioned, at Concord, mm-hmm. and you were a Goshen College mm-hmm. uh, graduate. Played volleyball, softball, and basketball at Concord. Yeah. Volleyball and softball at Goshen College. Correct. So i got to ask, what was your favorite memory from high school, and then what was your favorite memory of playing in college? Um, I think my favorite memory from playing is just being involved and going from sport to sport to sport. Um, I never really liked having downtime. Um, unfortunately, there was never a championship for me, so I can't really pull that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but many upsets were great. Um, and then my senior year, getting that 10-letter winner certificate and being athlete of the year were pretty big on for high school. Um, in college, as a freshman, breaking the season stolen base record was really probably the highlight for me. What would be one word to describe your coaching style and why? I mean, the first word that came to my mind was fun, but, like, I want to say hardworking as well. So I guess I can't really pick one word. Um, but I like to have that mix. Um, I don't want it to be all serious all the time because I feel like girls don't take that as well. They are coached differently than guys are. So hmm. You end up transitioning now into a coaching job as volleyball. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a thought about not coaching volleyball, maybe coaching softball or basketball, or was volleyball kind of your always central? Um Growing up, I thought I was always going to be a softball coach. I thought I was going to be on the field for the rest of my life. Um, But once college ended, I had the opportunity to coach at Neva, and it kind of just led me to where I am today. So, Well, thank you, Melanie, for joining the sports podcast. Your first guest, congratulations on the uh, accolade. Thank you. All right, that was Melanie Meyer again, new volleyball head coach at Goshen High School. And, uh, you know, 27 years old, so she's pretty young. Uh, but obviously, you know, 27 is very young. 27 is young. <laughs> yeah, not as young as me, of course. So, you know, not to brag. But um, uh, just from talking to her, from talking to uh, Larry Kissinger, the athletic director at Goshen, I'm, I'm getting a vibe, though, that she's confident. She's ready for this job. You know, it, it might seem intimidating being that young and being a head coach, you know, but I think she's ready mm-hmm. for it. And she has coaching experience in the travel leagues uh, at NIVA, uh, Northern Indiana Volleyball Association. And uh, I think she's ready for the job, and, I, and, yeah, I think it's a good hire. Hopefully it's a stability hire as well for the program. The last, last coach to not stay for more than one year was Kelsey West, 2014 and 2016. Right. So that's a uh, long time. Another, another former player that I had the privilege of covering at, in high school at Fairfield and also at Goshen College. Kelsey? Yes. Yeah, so – you know, hopefully to them, you know, this is this is the fourth head coach for these seniors, the senior group now, which is just crazy to think about. So, 
Uh, hopefully, hopefully Kelsey can be the coach for a full senior class and beyond. Yeah. Or not Kelsey, excuse me, Melanie. Melanie. Kelsey is a long, she's not, she's not with Goshen High School anymore. So, And, uh, you know, generally one of the things you need to do to build a program is have some stability in the coaching mm-hmm. ranks. And mm-hmm. four coaches in four years is not the kind of stability you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I that's great. Yeah, you got you hit it right on the head right there. I, I have nothing else really to add. So there you go. <laughs> All right, folks, that will wrap up another edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. And Austin and I will be back next week. 